podcasting from the Sportique Studios, where unlike that loser Colquitt, we're going to make the 53. This is the South Stands Denver Fancast. I'm Colin Daniels with producer Scott Stafford from Altitude Radio, AM 950, Hill Afternoon Drive You Wild, Nate Crackman. And your host, John Reed. Back and roll. Does Tom Nalen give you that that big of a round of applause every time you start your show, Nate? He is not even aware the show is starting when it <laughs> usually starts, so no. Okay, well, I just didn't want to rub it in, but that's just you know what these guys do for me. That's every what week. you get, and I appreciate that. So, hey, I'm just w- glad John's rubbing it in right now and not rubbing it out. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. South Stands Denver Fancast back for more. And oh boy, a lot of stuff going on here in Denver. It's a wild day. It's a, it's been a wild day, and uh, we got we got one of the best here with us. It's uh, Nate Kreckman, and uh, Nate's Nate's been on a few times now. I'd say maybe he's a maybe a four timer. I don't I know. Think he's a, he's I think he's a, exactly a four timer. I am a member of the four timers okay. club. However, this particular appearance is unique. In that uh, this is the first time that I am an exclusive guest. By yourself. That's because true. I have appeared three times, uh, twice with my good friend Cecil Lammy, okay. one time with my good friend Ben Hockman. Uh, so this is my first time on my own, and I was so excited about that. And then Colin tweeted out uh, a couple hours ago that I would be doing this tonight, and immediately some guy on Twitter comes back and says... Well, you should call Hockman and reunite the podcast dance. And I'm like, screw that. <laughs> I finally get to do this on my own. Now it's my time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, I'm exclusive tonight. Yeah, you don't, you don't need Hockman coming in and stealing the show for no, sure. So. No. Talking all a bunch of blues. <laughs> yes. That too. Yeah. So, uh, no, but it's great to St. have St. you Lewis back. Blues, it's four-timer, right, I think. So, yeah, because you were here with Cecil. Yeah. Um, I thought you weren't here with Nalen once. No, I've never done the podcast okay. with Nalen. All right, he's been here twice, right? We had, we had hoped so. to do that this time, yeah, yeah. but Nalen is he is still in Rhode Island. Okay. He will be returning next week. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Do you miss him? Not really. I <laughs> see him the exact same amount of time, talk to him the exact same amount of time. We do the show every day uh, with him on remote in Rhode Island at his house there where he's spending his summer. And we set up uh, FaceTime on the iPad right in front of us. And with the technology and radio today, it is literally it is no different than being in the same room. It's really great. Is he more or less likely, since he's at his own domicile, to just sit and pick his nose the whole time? Oh no, he does. He does. He will sit and pick his own nose, whether he's in the studio or not. I had a conversation one time with a a another former Broncos offensive lineman that told me a story. That in the meeting room, uh, in the offensive line meeting room, and I don't think I've ever even actually asked Nalen about this, but the rumor was that Nalen had a booger wall. Oh. <laughs> that he just had no problem just using the wall as a tissue. This sounds about right. Huh. It's not a stretch or anything. Of what yeah. you know about Tom Nalen? No, it's a very believable story. I think, I think as famous as he is, being a ring of famer and everything, if he really filled the booger wall, he could probably charge like 
quarter, 50 that's cents. That's right. It's, Come in and see Tom Nalen's famous booger wall. Yeah, or just you cut that piece of drywall out, you eBay that thing. Sure. Ring of, of Fame boogers. One of my kids has a booger wall, and it's the wall <laughs> next to his bed. And I found it one day, and I was just like, okay, this is gross. <laughs> and uh, we tried to scrub it off. But those things those things like to hang on. They, no, don't, they, don't, they don't like to come I got, I, got to called out, I got called out by the hottest girl in school in typing class in, in middle school um, for wiping boogers on my desk and typewriter. <laughs> and she was like, she like raised her hand, said right in front of everybody, teacher. Collins put his boogers on the desk. And the teacher came over, looked at it, and made me go get paper towels and Windex and clean the entire configuration in front of everybody. That's that's pretty gross. I think you deserve that. It was traumatic, though. Yeah, I understand. It's definitely traumatic. Um, hey, speaking of traumatic, well, we are going to get into the Broncos, and we'll, we'll kick that can down the road. Uh, traumatic. Uh, uh, Nate rolls in here with his Cubs hat on. It's no secret he's he's from mm-hmm. Illinois, yeah. and, and he's he's a, he's a Cubs fan. Yeah. Um. You you went to the you went to the extravaganza at Coors Field recently with the with the Cubs in town. I did. You wore your Cubs Christmas sweater. It was a little cool that night. I, I did. Think. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You were you were there as a fan. You weren't there as you know as a media member. You were there as a fan. I'm Correct. assuming. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Um. Seeing it from both sides, you're a Cubs fan. Mm-hmm. You want to see your your team that you grew up. Uh, uh, worshiping. Yeah. You want to see them in your hometown now, and and you also see it as a media member where you know this is this is the Rockies uh, stadium. Mm-hmm. They obviously pack the place with Cubs fans, right? Whether whether people who live here now or people that come on vacation, they want to see beautiful Denver. How do you feel about that? Take your Cubs fan self out of it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a bit problematic that they pack so many fans in from another team? It. It's one of the realities of Denver sports sure. and uh, Chicago fans and, and it, the Cub fans especially. And you really saw it this time because the Cubs are so good right now. Yep. And so the bandwagon is absolutely stacked. And so uh, the place was packed with Cub fans. It was all weekend long. But, you know, the out-of-town fans, yes, it, it is a little bit troubling. And I, I do think that it bothers uh, players and coaches for the respective teams. I don't think the Broncos deal with it no. all that much. Out-of-town fans do come in, but it's just so loud inside uh, whatever we call that stadium now. But I, I do know, you know, the Avalanche players have talked about it, whether it's, you know, Chicago or Detroit or uh, whoever it is when they come in. You know, the Nuggets have talked about it uh, when the Lakers come in or the Celtics or the Knicks or the Bulls and the and the fans come in and they're loud and obnoxious and everything. But also, guys, that's just – it's one of the realities of our city is that it, this is largely a transplant community. Sure. And, and there's a lot of people that hang on to their sports affiliations. It, it's interesting, and I feel as though I'm an interesting case in that – well, I don't think I'm that interesting. I'll be but, the judge of that. Yes, but I, for one, like when I moved to town, I held on to all of my sports allegiances that I grew up with. Sure. So I was a Cubs, Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks, and University of Illinois fan. Those those were all of my teams. At this point in my life, I'm really only a Cub fan anymore. I, I don't. I, I've covered the NFL for too long. Thanks, Jay Cutler. Yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> I know too much. Foxy, Jay, Brandon Marshall. I just I don't 
I, I don't hold that allegiance as you, much anymore. You, you will lose that as you become you cover more and more of teams, and I've yeah. heard that people are like, ah, yeah. I don't really follow it, but they right. still have that that one allegiance. Right. Um, the, the Cubs and the Cubs are that team for me, and in fact, I, I have a rule, and I've had this rule forever is that uh, when the Cubs come to town, because all of my friends have asked me, well, it's like, well, you have access to press passes. Why don't you go and why don't you go in the Cubs clubhouse and talk to everybody? And uh, I, I never have. I've always refused to because I don't want to. Because I don't want to go in there and talk to somebody and have one of them be a jerk to me <laughs> sure. and then hate him the rest of my life. I mean, well, well, Ryan, Ryan Sandberg was the Phillies manager uh, a few years ago. And when they came in, I remember Hockman was like, hey, let's Let's go. You're going to meet your childhood hero. No chance. I'm not going anywhere near that guy. Huh. No, no chance. Because right now in my head, Ryan Sandberg would still want to hang out and have beers with me and be my best friend and regale me with stories of him and Andre Dawson and Jody Davis on the road. Uh, But uh, if if he was just a jerk to me, then I wouldn't like him anymore. And dismiss you like like just another media member. Yeah, you dismiss me like another media member. But also, there's just that thing of like it's when you when you meet somebody that you admire. If when you meet a hero, chances are they're just going to let you down. It's like Peyton Manning not leaving you a tip. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Yes. Is there another city like this where? Such a large percentage of game attendance is made up of people from elsewhere. Can you think of another example? Wouldn't that be like Arizona, places like that where have grown Las Vegas? But hey, I was going to talk on this really quick. The Cubs, there's another aspect why there's so many Cubs fans here, mm-hmm. and that's the, the fact that there WGN. was not a team in WGN. Sure. So yeah. you had a lot of people raised Cubs fans in Denver, They're They're, they're a regional-type team. That's why – and it was interesting because the Cubs were in San Diego right after they were here, and there was even more Cub fans in San well, Diego. Well, like when the Broncos have played there recently. There right. was more Broncos fans. Yeah, I think uh, – you know, it's always fan- – when the Yankees play uh, Tampa – and when yeah. they go into that place, that place is nothing but Yankee fans. So they're, it's yes, Here, there are pockets around the country. Here, here's my here's my thing. Mm-hmm. So and I and I I've posited this before. You're gonna deal with that because uh, my family moved here in the early '80s from mm-hmm. Illinois, and my my dad still would never even consider rooting for the Broncos. Can't yeah. stand them. Yeah. And so as we went along, I slowly became a Denver sports fan. So my theory is, is that. Everybody that's here now that's starting out, maybe starting a family, their kids are going to become sports fans of the local teams. You know what's interesting about that? And I have uh, several friends that, uh, you know, that are from out of town or have other sports allegiances, and then they have kids. And then it's, you know, you see the the baby in the Cardinals jersey or the baby in the Cubs jersey. It's an NFLshop.com commercial. Right, <laughs> right. And, and they do that, but, and, you know, it, I might have kids in the next few years, but I have already decided I want my kids to be Denver sports fans. I want them to grow up rooting for their teams, the teams that they watch every single night, because that's what I grew up with. And because it's too far removed for them, because now, granted, you could could get uh, MLB uh, sports package and watch the Cubs every night, but... They're not around it. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be driving by exactly. Wrigley every day. They're gonna be driving by Coors. Yeah. They're gonna be driving by Mile High. It's it's in it's in their lives. It's kind of their local thing. And you can still have those kind of allegiance. Hey, well, you know, we still really like the Cubs. Yeah. But I think all the kids will then become sports fans, and this will reverse. And it might take twenty five years, but it'll reverse. Because think of all like the young like young Rockies fans, like people that that I know on Twitter who are just going to college now. They're huge Rockies fans because they grew up with that and. That 
that's all they've known. And so it's the same thing. And I think eventually it'll probably work itself out. I uh, also my my full st- did you uh, my full story of that evening when I was wearing that sweater. <laughs> So it's obnoxious as hell. It it is. It is obnoxious as hell. But the full story of that evening. uh, So that night, that was Friday night. Okay, that was the uh, the game that uh, Chapman blew in the 11th. And oh, I remember that game. Oh, yeah. yeah, It was rain delayed and everything. So I was doing my show that afternoon. So my plan was I had uh, several different groups of friends that were going to be at that game. And so I was just going to go and buy a party deck ticket. And just wander around and see everybody. I think and, that's what a lot of people do, right? That's what I. That's what I had planned to do that night. So a uh, a good friend of mine then sent me a text on Friday afternoon while I was on the air that said, "Hey, I have an extra suite ticket. It's yours if you want it." Yeah, buddy. So I immediately texted him back. So uh, the the start of the game was delayed two hours that night because it was pouring rain. So I uh, ran home, got warmer clothes, ran back, including my sweater, mm-hmm. ran back to the uh, to the ballpark. Had my wife drop me off. Went in. Uh, we were in the suite. The game started, I think, at like nine o'clock. Yeah. And by nine thirty, and, and when I had arrived, the suite was full. Everybody had emptied out except for uh, me and three other guys. And so. It was just the four of us for uh, up until the eighth, and then in the eighth, and they're a little bit older than I am, so they took off in the eighth. What and, are you trying to say? Uh, what are you trying to say about <laughs> older people, Nate? They can't ha- they can't hack it. They uh they they can only hang for so long. <laughs> so actually, the reason they left was because uh, my one friend, his twenty one year old son, wanted to leave. He was the DD, and he wanted to uh, leave. Uh. So they take off in the eighth. And I knew I had other friends around the ballpark, but I'm just like, look at this suite to myself yeah. right now. Here's the other good thing about the suite. I don't know if you guys have ever not there had no. the opportunity to do this. Not at Coors. Once, yes. They, uh, they do not cut you off. Ah. There is no beer is done in the seventh. No, it uh, it's continues to be free. They're like, welcome, VIP. Here's more alcohol. Yeah, and so I was told that I built the first ever pyramid in the history of the suite level at Coors Field. I stayed all the way to the 11th. The Cubs blew the ball game. Uh, I was crushed. I was drunk. I was angry. I was upset. I was sad. I was all those things at once, just feeling bad about myself as a Cub fan. And so it was 1 in the morning by the time I got out of the ballpark. Wow. Yeah. And so uh, I walked over and I jumped on the light rail and – because my deal with my wife was, well, I'll just take a taxi home. You drive me to the ballpark, I'll take a taxi home. But I live all the way out in Lakewood. But I went and, and I left and I got on the light rail. And in my head, my thought process was, uh, as a Cub fan, I don't deserve a taxi ride tonight. <laughs> wow. I was wow. that. I, this, it, is, this is some deep psychological stuff. It was heavy. Wow. It was heavy. Uh, and so the light- still a little nicer than the L. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The light rail station is uh, two miles from my house, Oof. and oh, you did the walk of shame at one thirty in the morning. I walked the full two miles. Wow. Penance, and you know, and in the morning, my wife is like, "What the hell are you doing? Why didn't you just call? <laughs> I would have come and picked you up." I was like, "I, I didn't deserve a ride," <laughs> but that was my mindset at that well, point. And so you sound like a typical Cubs fan. Yeah, that, yeah. this is like exactly it's like the works. Game of Thrones shame walk. Is I what walked. Yeah. It, it was a fifty-minute walk. I arrived home at two uh, forty in the morning. 
Uh, but but I felt as though I got what I deserved that night. I, I, yeah, I Cubs can, fans don't deserve good things. They, no, <laughs> we really they, don't. They don't. No. But uh, that's that's a different story. Um, <laughs> we have to take a break. We'll get into the second quarter already. We flew through it as always, as we do when it's when it's cooking. Um, I I want to I want to build off a little bit of that. I got another thing I want to I want to ask our guest about um, in regards to that. Um, but then we got to get into some the, sweet the quarterback sweet, position. We got to get into the quarterback position um, and some other stuff that's been going on. And, and I know Colin, you've been dying to talk a little Colin Kaepernick, so we can uh, we can touch on that a little later too. So uh, let's get into the second quarter right about now. Visit the Rosedale at the corner of Downing and Evans in the in the Rosedale neighborhood and experience happy hour with dollar oysters on Wednesdays discounted pitchers of delicious cold craft beer brewed right here in Colorado and a menu that includes some of the best sandwiches in town and wings that are smoked and then fried. The Rosedale's the place to be, especially happy hours, happy hour three to six Monday through Friday, please tell them the South Stands sent you. Is injustice only the latest reason that Colin Kaepernick is sitting? Is he testing the 49ers to find out exactly what they won't stand for? Is refusing to honor the American flag just another disturbing example of half-white privilege? Would he leave the U.S. immediately if there was somewhere else where you get paid to wear headphones? Is the NFL just hoping he doesn't show up to a game in a burkini? Who is more fortunate to have gotten the deal that he did, Brock Osweiler or Brock Turner? Has Mark Sanchez already Googled best hot dog in Dallas? If Sanchez goes to the Cowboys, will Gary Kubiak ask him to send back some good old-fashioned Texas black hair dye? best in the world does trevor simeon have an egg for a twitter avatar our coaches convinced trevor gives them the best chance to hand off on third and seven will adidas's new tebow shoes be the first athletic shoes ever to allow the wearer to walk on water will they come from the factory with rusty spike holes is is producing the Kreckman and Nalen show extra tricky because you have to have 60 different fart sounds just to cover up the actual fart sounds. <laughs> After Mark Schlereth leaves the fan studio in the morning, does janitorial come in and clear the air of do a clear the air segment of their own? <laughs> is asking Nate Kreckman to be on your podcast kind of like asking your friend the house painter to come over after work and paint your house? You have questions. We have answers. SouthStandsDenver.com, Colorado's finest internet sports talk since 1971. 
I haven't lived there since the early 80s, so I'm excused, right? Well, the key line in the song is uh, slipping on by on the Friday Night Trouble Bound. That's, that, that's the line right there. Is that the work of the Starland vocal group? Who is that? Here's the line. That's not it. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Just take it some LSD. Yeah. Aliota Haynes and Jeremiah. Wow. Yeah. Um, you would hear that like on XRT, you know, it's at some okay. point in time. Yeah. Slipping on by. Yeah. Is that like yeah. a yeah. slipping on by? And I think we're slipping Jimmy. XRT is yeah. still going strong, by the way. That's great. Yeah. It is. Isn't that a dirt bike? <laughs> yeah. It's also a radio station. Yeah. Um, so. We're going we're to talk some Broncos. I know there's some good Broncos tidbits in, juicy, in your questions. Juicy, juicy Broncos. And so I'm sure juicy. that Nate has been, had it bottled up all day. Well, you guys Just wanna, can't wait. You guys want to open the phone lines? <laughs> let's open the let's phone lines. Uh, uh, let's see. Littleton, you're on. Uh, hey, John, uh, f- f- uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, listen, what do you think about the quarterback situation? <laughs> well, you know, he, he brings up the point about the house painter thing. And, and, and yes, we, we drag people in here. And yeah. then they've just gotten off work doing this. In Nate's case, literally. And literally. And then they, then they have to come in and keep talking. But see, that's why we like to keep it. We like to keep it light. And we like to take different directions. Like asking you different things about, you know, your Cubs fandom and things. You probably don't get to talk about too much. And, uh, you know, so you don't generally have to just sit and, and regurgitate what you just did. What's for the Julie last few Brownman hours. like? That's the kind of thing I want to know. What's Julie Brownman like? <laughs> Julie Brownman is a delight. She really is. She's I've a, always wanted to meet her. She, she seems cool. She's very cool. She's very funny. She's very laid back. Uh, you're allowed to. Julie's will allow you to really uh, push it pretty far in terms of her uh, sense of humor. So she's fun. In general, and I guess I didn't ask you this, like, how are you, you're enjoying yourself in the new in the new digs? It, it looks like it's a nice it's a nice studio. Yeah, everything sounds great. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys you guys seem to be trucking right along, huh? It is. It's fun. It's it's fun to be working with Tommy again. I did the solo thing for it was almost two years that I was doing that. So it is fun to have a chance to finish your sentence every now and then, and then have somebody else talk. It's one of the. It's pretty cool. Well, do you feel like you're part of something exciting with that lineup? Because yeah. <clears throat> I mean, as a listener, I think the lineup is extraordinary. I mean, you have to be a ham radio operator sometimes to pick it up, but I do. I do think it's an incredible group of talent. No, it is really good, and you know, Vic's on before us, and I just think the world of that guy, Vic Lombardi, is such a talent. Uh, he's so smart. He's so original. He's so creative. The guy kind of blows my mind the way he he's, always. He's only a one timer on this show. I just want you to know, Vic you're, Lombardi. You're a four timer. He's a four timer. He's, he's, he's a only one timer. Yeah, so you but got he's, that over. He's just a guy whose his wheels are always turning. He's always thinking. I just I respect the heck out of him. And uh, Hastings is. I just I've always loved Scott Hastings as a sports talk host. I think he's Absolutely. funny, and I think he'll fire off the cuff, and I think he's great. And uh, you guys know, I think you guys are fans of Tom Nalen. I am such a huge fan, fan of Tom Nalen. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. It is it is really cool. It's a fun place to work. It's all good guys. So, 
uh, we're, we're having fun right now. We hope the thing just keeps getting bigger and better. Cool. That's awesome. Um, and I wanted, to, I wanted to circle back a little bit um, to kind of what we were talking about before. Real fast, uh, the, the last point about we were talking about having the out-of-state fans, the transplant fans, uh, coming in and, and dominating and, and making everybody that actually, you know, few people that follow the teams upset. Yeah. Doesn't. Doesn't winning though solve that? It does, and that's the thing. If the Rockies, if the Rock, now, now granted, you're still going to get all those people packing the place. Mm-hmm. But if the Rockies were actually in the wild card chase and they were going to maybe make the playoffs, don't you think that would have been more Rockies fans down there? Oh, no question. Maybe the Rockies' th- attendance in general would be better. I mean, the Nuggets' attendance last year was the worst in the NBA. I think the Avalanche were something about 19th in the NHL last year. I mean, really, it. it we're in a tough time right now because the Broncos coming off of the Super Bowl are just – they're swallowing everything up. And we do need somebody else to be good. I mean, for a perfect example, and we were talking about this on our show today. On Friday is the the Rocky Mountain Showdown. CU and CSU uh, will play over at uh, whatever the stadium's called. And, and that will have been their entire season Yeah, in a nutshell for each of them. Yeah. I mean, it's that game and then nothing. It, it, it kind of is right now, unfortunately. CU is so down, and uh, CSU, it just it's become so difficult, I think, for college football fans because they know if you're not Power 5, then it's almost like you don't exist. So, yeah, we need somebody else to be good. That, that is what this town needs. Now, it, it's, we can talk ourselves into excitement about the clubs, and I think the Rockies have a bunch of really good young players. I think they're pretty close. Uh, I, I I look at the Nuggets and I think you know what they could be a couple of years away from doing something. The Avalanche, I I, I don't really know how good the young core is. I'm I'm interested to see if it's any different under a new coach. But somebody else has got to get good because right now nobody's even going to the playoffs. No, no, and and I think that's going to change because I think I think the Nuggets are going to are going to be much better. Um, the Avalanche probably, but if. If they're not bringing if they're not bringing fans in because fans are like, well, why do I want to go watch them right. lose? It, they're not going to make. Let's say would team X, Y, and Z. I don't want to. They're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. And I know that if I go down there, it's just going to be nothing but um, Laker fans. And totally. why do I want to? And, sit and there? they don't have the advantage Coors, Coors Field has in that it's a crappy. Those are crappy nights yeah. when you go down to a Nuggets game. Right. It may be snowing. And that's the thing. See, and we've we've always said this. Coors Field. Great night. You went down. Great night. You know, it was kind of cold that night. But anyway, you get my point. You can go down. It's awesome. It's a beautiful place to go. But, you know, you want to go gonna watch basketball, and they're not going to be that good yet, and it's, like, awful out? That's That sucks. Nobody and the Tawaka Chill Zone's gone. It's, oh, the, it's, the wiser, oh, no. it's the wiser. It's the wiser man now. Is it for sure? Wiser, it's the been a while hood? since I've been. I think it's called the Wiserhood. Wiser, the whiskey? Is it yeah. a whiskey? I'm yeah, interested whiskey. to see for the start of this next season what the branding will change to because it always does. Yeah. That, the Tawaka Chill Zone is like the, uh, it's like the hot dog stand on the corner that every year has a new, has a new owner. Hopefully it's the Jägermeister Strip Bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, I, want, I want pole dancers now, at now, Pepsi now, Center. Now you think, okay, you get more well, fans that would up. increase attendance. Y- yeah, but you're, then you're going to get more Laker fans there. Then. Well, that's so true. That's, that's, that's true. what you're going to draw in. You know what? In, in the out-of-town fan thing, is, uh, it, it's, it's like anything. There's a number of factors that how we landed here. But it's a transplant city, and right now just nobody's any good. And that's a good point, too. Think about this. If you're a family in Chicago who wants to go to a Cubs game, $180 a ticket, maybe $300 a ticket. So they can buy airline tickets here 
three-game series, buy tickets for 40 bucks each, take the family here, pay for hotels, have the time of their life, and it's still cheaper than going to a Cubs game That is game actually absolutely true right now. I, a buddy of mine tried to – when the Broncos played the, the Bears and he was back in Chicago, the Cubs were playing the Cardinals that weekend. He looked into bleacher seats. I think the cheapest one he could find was 150 bucks. That's amazing because that's something where, like, I haven't been there since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I thought, and I go back occasionally, I thought, that would be awesome to go see a game there because I don't even remember it. But the fact that it would cost me that much money just to go, it's, oh, it's incredible. That's, that's absurd. That's, yeah. And it used to be that you can only buy bleacher tickets day of the game. That was it. Yeah. And then when they started selling season tickets to the bleachers, it – yeah, it took some stuff away. You seem to sure know a lot about the Cubs, Scott. Well, my dad lived block away from Wrigley Field. I'm just kidding. You stumbled onto an interesting. Went to a lot of games. You stumbled onto kind of an interesting segue, though, and that is the attendance at these Rams preseason games. And I saw an interesting point, just kind of filtering through some tweets on Twitter. the The reason that the attendance is so good at LA Coliseum is because they're not selling personal seat licenses yet. It's really just that simple. They're selling individual seats, and it's a 100,000-seat stadium. And so people who, in the near future, will not be able to afford to go see a Rams right. game can go see a Rams game. And it, it's going to be incredibly, incredibly expensive. I, I loved, as a child, I have fond, fond memories, waking up, going to Dunkin' Donuts, standing in line, getting bleacher tickets, hanging out with Ronnie Woo Woo in line, going back to my dad's place, reading the paper, See, Nate knows who Ronnie Woo Woo is. I do know who I, Ronnie Woo Woo is. And, uh, and then going to the game, and uh, it, was, it was awesome. It was always fun. But that was back when the bleachers were the bleachers, before lights. You yeah, know, this is uh, in the, the, seven, the uh, late 70s and the 80s, right? So well, late 80s, yeah. Very different, yeah. Very different times, though, the way, the way sports are sold, the way they're marketed, c- kind of different than – I mean, I, I remember just going with somebody and just rolling in there and just, you know – I probably didn't cost anything back then. We're talking late seventies, so. But uh. that was one of the cool things, though, was that when, and especially I noticed this when I first moved to Denver, and I didn't work, uh, I didn't start in sports talk radio until two thousand four. And the first two years that I lived in Denver, I just, you know, I had a service industry job and I hung out with my friends and partied a lot. And we would go to daytime Rockies games and you could go down and find a guy in the street and give him three bucks and you could go watch a ball game and just sit in the sun and have a couple of beers. And I just I remember thinking, like, oh, this is this is probably what it used to be like for people in Chicago. And it was one of the things that I loved about moving to Colorado. And you can still buy rock pile tickets day of as well. They, they and, hold a certain amount. And, hey, that mm-hmm. anybody nice. coming here, you're all welcome. I just want you to appreciate what Nate just said. I just want you to appreciate that aspect of it. And, you know, give a little love to the home team once in a while. That's all I'm asking. To put a bow on that, and we can we got to get into the we got to get into the second half already. Are you we got, serious? I know, we're this just, thing is flying. I know, we're just cooking. Fine. We're barely scratching the surface. I was going to say, you bring up the Rams. Uh, I've got some friends. My wife and I have these friends who, who live in Los Angeles. Um, the 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 lady she she was born and raised here. Uh, her husband lived here for a long time. Total Broncos fans, but now they've become Rams fans because they're L.A. people now, and they're raising their kids as Rams fans. Now I'm a little like I'm a little hurt by that, but that's the whole thing. Is now those kids will be come up and they will know the the L.A. Rams, and they really won't have any knowledge of the Denver Broncos. So because that's not their team. So right. that's how that's how it happens. That's how it goes with the. With the with the teams and how you, you know you raise the kids in the you indoctrinate them into into the sports that you want and them ta- to. you tattoo them it's first. Actually, tattoo on them, yeah. uh, on on Saturday night when I went to the game 
and I, I was a little bit late uh, getting there. I was uh, calling some rugby, and then so I got to the game at halftime, and I was waiting for somebody from Broncos PR to come down to bring me my credentials. So I was chatting with the, the girl that worked in security, and she was great, and we were just trading stories about kicking drunk people out. I'm always fascinated by that part of the stadium yeah, experience, yeah. and then I got to witness it uh, firsthand, and it was a, uh, a gentleman – uh gentleman i will call him a gentleman <laughs> he looked as the uh, kind of a skinnier duck dynasty kind of thing going on gray scraggly beard uh kyle kyle orton jersey oh kyle orton wow. jersey he was being ejected but he still had to sit and deal with the police who were deciding whether or not to take him to what i learned are the newly renovated jail cells uh, over at whatever we call the stadium now at Mile High, they got jail cells. They have, they have. Well, they had them before. They always have them. Wow. Every stadium has jail cells, but they're newly renovated down there. Is what I of what I understand. Sounds nice. It does sound nice. And uh, <laughs> the the man uh, that I would I would have put him in his mid to late fifties, although he could have been you know forty five with hard living. But his wife. She was also she was getting escorted out. She made sure to finish her beer, yeah, though, yeah. while crying about what was going to happen to her husband. I wonder if Omar is down there with prison crack. <laughs> you know, I, I just I just think like. But eventually, he that his story had a happy ending. Okay, uh, they did not arrest him, and they just uh, sent him on his way. I just think what gets in your head, fifty-two-year-old guy throws on his Kyle Orton jersey yeah. and just thinks. Tonight's the night. I'm gonna get arrested. I'm gonna and, get, yeah. I'm gonna get really drunk at this get, preseason and, game. Yeah, and they're gonna they're gonna throw me in the in the in the dungeon below Mile High. And I was having the conversation with with the security girl, and I was we were throwing ideas back and forth with one another. Where's he from? And my best guess, and again, this was all just in a very very superficial and judgmental. Uh, but my guess was Kremling. I, I went Kremling wow. with this guy. Okay. Lions. Um, yeah, she actually she was uh, suggesting uh, either Idaho Springs or perhaps uh, Bailey Kittredge, something wow, in that I'd area. See, I would just said I would just say Deep Lakewood. No offense to Lakewood. I just you know Deep Lakewood, way way Westminster, maybe. Yeah, 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 way out there. Wait, That's wait, what, what do say. you call in Deep Lakewood? Ah, uh, I don't know. Sims. <laughs> That's my exit. Those are my people, man. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking somewhere out there. Yeah, somewhere out there. So just this, just this side of the racetrack. Those are my people. Deep those are, Lakewood. Those are your folks. So excellent. Hey, uh, let's get into the second half, and we'll uh, we'll we'll get to that Broncos talk. We also have some Facebook frowny faces. The 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 hit the hit bit that's come back and taken the world by storm. So let's uh, take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Scooters come from, and their new superstore at 160 South Broadway has scooters in stock ready to roll. The genuine Buddy 50, genuine Roughhouse 50, 
legal to park at a bike rack, no motorcycle endorsement needed, no license plate required. It doesn't get any easier than a scooter from Sportique. Where scooters come from? Talk about farts, sports, does. sports, nasty. farts. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's technically a sports show. We 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 promise ten percent sports, and then hopefully we can spiral off into other other directions. You know, I so. once hosted a podcast that was supposed to be about sports. I think we worked in four percent sports. <laughs> four, huh? Yeah. What what was the other ninety six percent? God knows. It was it was Hockman and oh, my yeah. podcast. Yeah. The podcast. Say, say no more. Yes. Yeah, say, say no, no more. more. I think. I think. I. I it think was uh, forty un- minutes on cheeseburgers. We will call it unfocused. <laughs> yes. But that's the thing. See, we were talking about this, and we 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 do a, we do a little fantasy show afterwards. We'll record that a little bit later. And if you, I listen to a lot of fantasy podcasts, mm-hmm. and and you want the information, you don't want to listen. You don't want to listen to those guys dicking around. If it's a fantasy podcast, yes, yeah, you can you can go Dude. three four minutes if they want to dick around. But after that, get me the information because I don't want to hear about your weekend. Dude, on that ESPN one, I can scroll forward twelve oh, minutes easily. and they're still talking about themselves. I'm like, you're not celebrities. No, no, I don't. Not wanna, to me. I, yeah, and I don't want to hear about those people. I mean, Matthew Barry is as close as it gets to a celebrity in fantasy, and I still don't want to hear uh, him blab uh, about uh, himself. Uh, uh. Cecil Lammy. See, Cecil Lammy. But see, here, here's... The Deese is a celebrity. Here, here is, is broken here, out of the world of fans. Here's what Cecil Lammy does that's great. When he does his shows, he does the uh, he does all the shows with Sigma Bloom during the year, the waiver wire shows, all that stuff. Uh, the, the breakdown after the, all the games. Seven episodes they, a week. Yeah, so when they do it... That's amazing. They, they do a little bit of back and forth. They might joke around a little bit. They might joke around a little bit in the show, but they rarely stick with it, and they get right to the information, and that's what I want. There's uh, the J.J. Zacharyson, who's a lay-round quarterback, who's, who's a very knowledgeable, very good fantasy mind. Those guys will go like 10 minutes talking about nonsense at the beginning and i'm just like i just have to like hit the button hit the button and get to get past the point and they start actually talking about the fantasy stuff but my point is is that here you don't necessarily have to get to the information because, <laughs> because it doesn't really matter so so you and hockman you don't necessarily have to get the information because ideally ours you, was supposed to be a nuggets podcast okay and it usually it started with three minutes of nuggets and then it was 40 minutes of nonsense. Yep. And then it, we usually closed it out with one more minute of nuggets. And, you know, so look at it. You're on the radio. You're talking about sports. Yeah. People could hear you talk about it already. Mm-hmm. They could read Hockman writing, you know, writing whatever he's had to say about the nuggets. They should be able to get their fix. And if they want to hear you guys banter, that's what it's there for. Right. So that's acceptable. This is acceptable. But, it, but if I say, hey, I'm going to give you all about the stats on the latest fantasy players – and I just go on and on about to Colin about my about my skin tag. 
That's not that's not what anyone wants to hear. <laughs> Have I told you about my skin tag? That I've is, got a bunch of them, dude. They're oh, fucking listen, horrible. I've got I've got a story about this skin tag. I'll, I'll make it real quick because we're gonna we gotta get to Facebook frowny face. This is the perfect lead in okay. to Facebook okay, okay, frowny face. Well, listen, let me just tell you real quick. So I have this skin tag. It's in a really bad spot, and that's exactly what I told the skin doctor. I said, hey, this is in a really bad spot. And, and he was like, all right, that's cool. Luckily, it was a he. And I just kind of like – I had to – let's put it this way. It was basically just to the, just to the west of my taint, okay? <laughs> and I had to like – Oh, no. Okay. Now, oh, okay, that's terrible. Yeah, so I had to kind of do a – I had to kind of do a liver pate and pull it all up and uh, to kind of show him just because it got – Last summer, it got huge, and I was like, Is it, should I be concerned about this? Should I be concerned? And he's like, no, no, that's just something. It's fine. You know, just it'll do that, whatever. And I said, okay, cool. So this summer, it got, this, it got to the size of like a, a hot tamale candy, okay? No way! Yeah, so it's about the size of a hot tamale. And you want to squeeze it like a zit, but you can't. You're taking a shower, and you got to go, oh, oh, hold up, hold up. And you got to kind of ease off. So it was getting so irritated. Every time I'd get into my truck, I, it would just hurt. I'd go, there's no, stop, uh, there's yeah. no stopping from just, rubbing it. Yeah, and, I just, and it just rub and rub and rub. So it was just getting bad, and I thought, man, maybe I should go and have him deal with this. And I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll make an appointment soon because he's got to get this thing off me. I go play hockey one night, right? Put on the old hockey girdle, you know. I go play hockey, do my thing. Go take a shower after hockey. Start cleaning down there. Gone, just gone. It's just gone. What? It's just, it just disappeared. It did, no, Where it did, did it go? It did, I don't know. It didn't disappear. It went somewhere. Was, but there, it, was there blood anywhere? It, no, it just sheared off. It just sheared off at some point. So someone somewhere, hopefully in the hockey locker room, found this hot tamale looking piece of flesh laying on the floor. Uh, full of God knows oh, what. God knows what, I'm man. So, I'm so, so happy for you, John. That's I, I, awesome. I know, I know. a good so, story. Yeah, and I, I was like, oh, my God. It was such I, a bad story till the end. Now, it's such now, a good story. Now I don't though. have to spend 40 bucks. Go awesome. have go have another grown man go under the hood and clip this thing off. Wouldn't so, it be nice if cancer would do that? Oh uh, yeah, just just fall away, just fall away somewhere for someone to find. Go play hockey and cure, cure your Woo. cancer. So I'm and glad. then you can talk about it on Facebook. Exactly. Well, it, so I'm glad I talked about it, so you can now relate the the great the great new bit that we've brought back from the wonderful Zach Sheely called Facebook Frowny Faces. <sighs> I tried to avoid FB as much as I could this weekend in order to have real experiences in the real world. It is the real world, right? Did you see the size of that chicken? <laughs> Old inside joke. <laughs> but I was so happy to receive them. <sighs> Bear with me. I'm going to rant for a moment. I haven't shared a Taylor moment in a while, and since Hiddleswift seems to be all over the news these days, I thought I'd pay my own respect. I've devoted entirely way too much time and thought to wondering about Taylor's love life and decisions she is making at the moment. Why? Why do I care? Why do any of us care? We don't know her. And besides a handful of us, we've never even met her either. So I say this to everyone who is wondering why we, Swifties in particular, care so much. It's not her music, though most of us think it's incredible and catchy and somehow talks about our own lives. It's not that she's drop-dead gorgeous, even though she is, no matter what color or length her hair is. Wink face emoji. It's not that she's the best-selling, most successful female artist of all time, which she is. It's her heart. Heart emoji. Her huge and big and generous heart emoji. She is one of the people I know who has to be followed at all times, 
by two security guards because of how much we all love her or want to know about her. Honestly, that has got to suck and be so hard on any relationship. So I say this full-heartedly to myself as well. Let's back off and give the girl and poor guy some freaking space. They look adorable together, and I, for one, hope she's happy. Hearts emojis, you, at Taylor Swift. Keep being you. Okay. <sighs> wow. There, there it is. So um, that is an actual Facebook post. And I have to admit, I forwarded that one to the multi-talented Zach Sheely. Um, that was my cousin, who I know doesn't listen to the sports podcast. Good. So I can't get caught busted. That's my t- most horrible fear, because we're mining these Facebook frowny faces from our own Facebook page. And you'd hate to have somebody like the Italian guy be like, and you know, because I know these people aren't going to listen, but you'd hate to have the Italian guy be yeah, like. Him, him do his heartfelt you, Bernie Sanders you, got, you should probably know. I should, you know, I, you need to know that Colin used your Facebook posts <laughs> on the internet. I, I, I feel for earnest Facebook guy, guy or, or girl that uses that as their opportunity for expression. That was quite beautiful, right there. Oh my though. god, it was poignant, and and it it's, and it almost is like I, I a lot of times I kind of go, well, well, why don't you, you know, why don't you just write something and you know write a thing to it and it's like oh that's what they're doing they're, this is this is their blog post this is their their thing where they're going to the world it's not an actual written blog post it's just a little thing on Facebook but this is their this is their missive to the world about Taylor Swift or whatever and what's amazing is what people choose to go out there and talk about now had you told your skin tag tale <laughs> in, 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 in almost precisely the same way in Facebook fo- po- in Facebook form it would have been Definitely qualified. That needs to be Facebook transcribed and put well, on Facebook. Well, you know, now I'm thinking, I hate Facebook and I never use it except to just post columns and stuff. Maybe that's the only thing I should use it for is just, just something gross that's happened. Disgusting things that happen to you. Yeah, like, you oh know. Oh, my God. The, I sharted today. Well, it's the third time this week. It's shart week. Uh, I was going to say the time when I had to poop behind the tree, which is now, you know, we've told the story a couple times. That would be a great one. Just out of the blue, just go. Hey, I ate these. I ate these Earl. These Earl Campbell hot dogs, and I had to poop behind a tree, and it was really. It was. You know what? And I just had to get out of there. All right. Well, I, I'm interested actually because everybody's got their smartphone. Everybody, pull, take out your phone. What was the last thing that you put on Facebook? Oh boy. It was. It was. Cer- it was certainly a column that I that I wrote. I don't put anything up other than that. What? Co- which column though? Viewing my profile. Whatever here. the last one I did, which was probably. Two weeks ago, whatever. My last post on Facebook was this. The more outrageous the latest social media embrace scandal is, the more likely it is that there's an untold story behind it that's every bit as relevant. Boo. Wow, Starting deep wars. Stuff, man. Wow. Deep. Starting wars. I, I shared a video from Deadspin that was the Merrill Hodge quote that nobody has ever messed with drugs and won, followed by a repeated footage of Michael Phelps and <laughs> Clay Thompson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> and all of the other successful drug-using drug, athletes drug addicts, that yes. I love and respect. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Scott doesn't have anything because he doesn't have Facebook. I, 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 I am proud to say I quit Facebook many years ago. Uh, I, many I, years. I I will say, and then we got we got to get into the fourth already. We're just we're just what cruising. The hell? I know we haven't talked to the Broncos. We got to go a little overtime if we can keep Nate around for a little bit. Um, Guys, the, we have to talk Broncos. We got to talk Broncos. We're going to get into it. The other thing I forgot to mention about the pooping behind the tree story. Oh, please, more. There's more to this story. There is more to the story. So. 
What I what I never said, and I forgot all about this, is there is a couple, and they are from uh, they're from they're from Jordan, and they worked with the the guy works with my friend Chris, whose land this is, and they they had a he has a he has a wife who wears kind of a, a thing over her head, like I think is a traditional dress, a, a burkini. It's it's not a full burka. It's kind of a thing like that, and um, she I, he spoke English perfectly well. She didn't speak any. I don't think. Um, and when I when I got up to go make my my naughty filthy business behind the tree, she was up walking around, and I don't know if she saw me go back there, and I don't know if she saw me or not, because she was going down to the house to use the bathroom. I avoided the house because I, what I was about to do to the house would have not been cool. <laughs> well, what you did was far more classy. What, what really. I did is I saved her the, the 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 I saved her from from having to go in there after me. But I wonder if she saw me, and then I don't know. If maybe she investigated later and saw that I had dug a hole and all that either, so there was someone lurking around. It just happened to be like a a non English speaking person from Jordan. So there's that uh, element to it. I got it. maybe I should go on Facebook tonight and add that add that to the story. So <laughs> let's uh, let's take a break. We'll and I the- buried it like a cat. I buried it like, like a, a wild cat, cat. Oh, like a feral cat. I was like a feral cat out there. Let's get into the fourth quarter. Hopefully, we'll talk some Broncos right after this. I love you so much, can't count all the ways I've died for you, girl, and all they can say is, he's not your kind. You never get tired of putting me down, and I never know when I come around what I'm gonna find. Don't let them break up your mind. Don't you know? Mutiny Information Cafe is not just a wonderful used bookstore, comic book store, record store, trinket store. It's also one of the best coffee shops in Denver. Visit Mutiny Information Cafe at Ellsworth and Broadway, one of the most unique small businesses in Denver. And please take a moment to tell them the South Stand sent you. This is um, This is before he turned into a Nosferatu wearing a cape. First album. This is Gish, right? Yeah, this is uh, from the Peel session. So this just rocks yeah, this one it out. A yeah, it rocks it. Yeah, this is when Billy was still uh, taking fistfuls of acid as opposed to Prozac. And uh, then he was... Well, he had to take a Prozac because of all the acid, I'm sure. Perhaps. But also, it, it had some bad stuff to It should be noted, Jimmy Chamberlain was the best drummer of that decade. Yeah, I could go with that. For sure. Yeah, man, they rock. Mm-hmm. That's some rocking right there. 
Oh, yeah, rock. Yeah, some rocker. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he just lost me when he started wearing cakes. Yeah. <laughs> well, the second that truly shaved his head, yeah. stopped doing acid, and that was the end of the He was losing his hair. Right? Yeah. I can relate. You got you to you keep it short at that point. Yeah. yeah. Coincidence, I guess. The but, first two albums yeah. are phenomenal. They are. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're, they're great. Mm-hmm. The third album would have been better if it was just a single album and not a double album. Agreed. There was too 100%. much filler. Yeah. yeah. Didn't they do a song for one of the Batman movies? They, yeah, yeah, Something yeah. Something like that? Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. That would be a Something. fun, like, question at bar trivia, like, bands that didn't do a song for a Batman movie. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> Which bands did not do a song for the bad 90s Batman movies? You have 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sick. I am sick of all these comic book movies, man. They're, no, no, Too no, many no. of no them. Way. And, uh, <laughs> the well, what about on. the whole CW comic book revolution on TV, though? I, I'm into that. Like, right. the Flash is cool. Sure, yeah. uh, have you seen that? I my kid I like. watches it. Yeah, he's that's good. It. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah, it's a good thing to it's watch with your kid. Sure, I'd have to bad. be really high. John <laughs> really Oliver high. did a uh, John Oliver did a webisode this week that was a critique of comic book movies. Mm. That if you're sick of comic book movies, Colin, you should watch. It was very good. Let Let me just say, and uh, you know, maybe maybe Cecil Lammy should be the one to you know, to really debate this with you, Colin, but. The DC ones are are not that great, but the Marvel ones are always good. They're fantastic blockbuster popcorn movies, and they're I, I think that they're they're not they're not dropping off. They're they're getting they're getting better. And DC aside, those aren't very good. I've seen all those too, but the Marvel ones um, are, are are pretty good, man. They, I went they do to, the job. I went to see the Batman Superman movie with Cecil. Yeah, a, a group of he us was went. Very disappointed. Yes, in that movie. it was. We were openly mocking the movie. At the movie was theater. Was Roz Sharon there wearing you know a, a Batman outfit? Was of course he, he was. Was he, was he packed he the, into the, a Batman outfit? The ears going up and everything. Oh, yeah. He loves he loves that movie. He, he does. He, listen, you say one bad thing. Say, say a bad thing about that tonight. Just just offhand on Twitter <laughs> and watch him show up in your mentions. He'll be all over you, dude. <laughs> just, it'll, it'll be like a bat signal for him. He'll be like, it's kind of like saying something nasty about Wilson Chandler. He does the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Or, or Carmelo Anthony. So Carmelo Anthony, Wilson Chandler, or the DC. It has to be the DC. The DC superhero movies. He has such a strange assortment of things that he has a soft spot yeah, for. Yeah, it's really weird. It, it? it is. He, I, I've seen a photo of Raj. He looks like he has many soft spots. <laughs> actually, Raj is awesome. Love the guy. But um, yeah, if if uh, if you get if you go D, if you go sideways on DC, man, he's he's not. He's not your friend. Yeah, so. he rides or dies for it, and I don't really get does, it. Yeah, but anyway, the 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 Marvel ones are fantastic. They're they're doing the Lord's work out there. They really <laughs> have you seen Ant Man? No, I have oh, not seen Ant Man. Is fantastic. If you don't like any of those movies, watch Ant Man. It is unlike all of the other movies, and it's it's very good. It's like it's a it's like a it's a caper. It's not like the usual ones, so it's good stuff. Hey, we're gonna we could talk about Marvel movies all night, Colin, but we're gonna run out of time with Nate here. So yeah, we don't gotta, you guys have segments you're supposed to do? We do, we do have, and we have a real popular one called Headlines to Yardlines that Colin's gonna lay out right now. Well, Nate, as you know, I mean, in this time of the year, it's very, very difficult as a football guy to keep track of what's happening in the world around us. Things that matter far more than sports. So we've developed a segment, and I think you'll like it. Okay. Where we combine world news with fantasy football <laughs> advice. And it goes something like this. False reports of gunfire at Los Angeles International Airport sent panicked passengers running from terminals and onto the tarmac Sunday night. And Aqib Tlaib made his preseason debut for the Broncos. 
<coughs> Wasn't that actually, it was people clapping for, were they clapping for Phelps or it was Usain Bolt? It was not gun gunplay. Right, not, right. No, it was, was something with the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, it was someone who was clapping. Yeah. The authoritarian leader of Uzbekistan suffered a stroke, his family says, stoking fears of a power vacuum and possible influx of radical Islamists. And Tony Romo suffered a broken back, stoking fears of a lost season and the possible influx of Colin Kaepernick. A group of Russia's Olympic athletes, including those banned by the IOC, made an unusual visit to a national airbase in Syria last week. And the New England Patriots, including Tom Brady, visited Carolina in preseason week three. Wait a minute. Russian athletes went to an airport in Syria? In Syria, yes. I think most of the team did. I'm interested in this. Yes, it's interesting. I'm going to Google this when I get home. This is a thought-provoking segment. That's the whole idea. I learned so much from this segment. It's good. (laughs) A suicide car bombing claimed by ISIS in Yemen's southern city of Aden killed at least 54 people on Monday. Officials are describing the incident as a massacre. Not unlike the 23-7 slaying of the bears by the chiefs performed on Sunday. According to reports, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un had two government officials executed using an anti-aircraft gun. And Broncos coach Gary Kubiak appears poised to downplay the passing game, killing Thomas and Sanders' fantasy value. Italy's anti-mafia chief is adamant that the notorious syndicate be kept from reconstruction efforts as an investigation is opened into why so many buildings collapsed in last week's earthquake. Yet, in the wake of so many collapses, the Raiders are willing to let the mafia build them a stadium in Las Vegas. That's headlines to yardlines. Way to bring it home. That was nice. Way to bring it home. Once again, knowledge. Knowledge. Knowledge Knowledge is power. Thank you for the uh, current events and the fantasy news. I appreciate it, Colin. Bef- before we, we run out of time, uh, we got to talk a little Broncos. Oh, yeah, good the, idea. Yeah, I know. It's, it's something that, you know, I don't know if you talk about the Broncos at all, Nate, but on your show. But um, the Bron- it's altitude. They don't talk about the oh, Broncos. Oh, they don't? Okay. All, they do is, all they do is they <laughs> kiss the asses of the KC teams up one side, down the other. They never say anything bad about them. No. Cause it, but uh, that's not true. No, not but true. that no, but you know what? I'm I'm glad for that because there's there's a lot to be covered even in the off season and hopefully as the as the There is no off season for talking the, avalanche. That's right. When the Nuggets and the Avs in the season <laughs> They get a I, new coach. I, I know. You want somebody to talk about that, so that's good. But Bednar had long hair and an earring. Yeah. They called him the ultimate warrior. Wow. Do, do, I, I bet he probably listened to good metal too, right? I, I hope so. You gotta find that out next w- time next time you talk to him. Let me work so. on this. All right. Um but but the Broncos are hey, listen, the Broncos do uh, you know they do win the day and, they move uh, the needle they move the needle and and we got to talk Broncos although like uh, you know they the Nuggets traded when they, and, um, they, and when they hurt themselves the Broncos put a needle in they, them they do the Broncos traded uh, uh, Joffrey today and of course the Nuggets the, traded Joffrey the Nuggets what traded Joffrey the you said the Broncos yeah. well the Broncos could have traded the Broncos that, cut that Cole was quit. the point all of the all the basketball nerds were like. Ooh, is he the is he the Broncos punter? I don't know who he is. And they were like they were like you know doing their usual dance of like nobody pays attention to the Nuggets. All Broncos. Yeah, stop with that. Yeah, it's it's lame. It's so lame. And it's like you know what? Have your team win. 
and get back in the public eye, and everyone everyone will talk about him yet again. So I hate that whole thing. You know the Broncos are important. You know the Broncos are number one, and that's all anyone cares about. So if Joffrey Laverne got traded and not a lot of people care, well, that's the way it goes. And he was traded to clear space for Wancho Hernan Gomez so he can get mo- minutes. And that Wancho kid, if you watched any of the summer league games, looks like he might actually be good. He's supposed to be good. Like I thought, maybe it's gonna be great. I when they drafted him, I thought like his ceiling would be like Scola, but I think he'll be a better player than that. And they got a lot of those dudes. They got a lot they of do. those big, gangly centers and power forwards and European guys. And uh, you know, I don't think Joffrey Laverne really played a really big role on the no, team. No, they're just kidding. The big. Nuggets are going to be okay without Laverne. I think they're going to be okay. Surely, but, on the other hand, there you are. <laughs> got to hang on. Though. <laughs> I knew I was teeing that up but, for someone. But any, but anyway, so the so the nerds are offended that people are still talking about the Broncos. They trade but, him to Hassan Pfeffer Corporate. I'm going to be so pissed. But but here we are talking about the Broncos. So here's what I said last week, Nate. I was like, oh, Trevor Simeon's terrible. And if he if he vomits all over himself against the Rams, he's not going to be the quarterback. Yeah. They'll, they'll keep they'll keep Mark Sanchez around. Well, he played pretty well. He he made a couple good throws. Yeah, that's he the thing. Okay. I think he played okay, and every one of his throws was a wide open easy throw there wasn't too much other than the Damaris one that he caught with one hand that was, was a pretty, nice throw which was crazy but that was just him hucking it up and Damaris made a crazy catch I, I counted five bad throws he he did that Simeon made and it, that included not throwing on the first two series five yeah, bad throws in one throw half that's troubling to me I it is it is to me oh, the too. whole thing's a mess the, it's a the, disaster the, yeah. but the reason why he got the starting job is because he didn't he didn't pee his pants and I thought, you know, I, I honestly, Mark Sanchez completely blew it for himself, and, and everyone's like, oh, he shouldn't have fumbled. Mark Sanchez is still probably a better quarterback, and I and I can't believe they're going to hand it over to this guy. But everyone's now sold, oh, Trevor Simeon's the guy because he, he threw a touchdown pass that was wide open to Virgil Green. I mean, well, he's only the guy. It was actually thrown to Victor Paxton Green. Oh, yeah, Victor Green. It was Sorry. thrown to Victor yeah, Green. Yeah, Victor Green, according to, the, according to the broadcast. So are we, are we, are we basically, is everyone, talking themselves into Trevor Simeon. Nate. I think people are trying to talk themselves into Trevor Simeon. I don't see it. I, I don't. I, I don't. And granted, it's the evaluation goes on much more than just what happens on the field. Sure. The coaches are grading on practices and what's happening in meetings and full grasp of the offense, etc. And I, Kubiak, I think, has some kind of soft spot for Simeon, and he likes him. And I think that really all things equal, Sanchez and Simeon are kind of virtually the same. And Nalen and I were theorizing this on the show yesterday. And I don't know how much it plays into it. I think that there is a bit of a psychological factor to it. But if you are another dude that's on the Broncos, because one of the things that I think Kubiak was looking for was what what did the rest of the guys on the team, how did they respond to the starting quarterback. You know, what what kind of leader is he? Who is the guy that has the room, that has the huddle? And if all things are equal and one guy has a butt fumble and another guy doesn't, one guy's a punchline and another guy isn't, I think that inherently the crowd will simply lean towards the other guy sure. that they don't laugh at yeah i mean think of the think about the guys on the broncos defense they're friends with tons of guys around the league they these guys all know each other when they get a couple of beers in them and they start joking around 
and Mark Sanchez's name comes up, he's a punchline. They they laugh at the guy. And so I just think it's more difficult for Mark Sanchez to gain respect. And he has a bit more to overcome because he has a butt fumble in his history. It, isn't it – sorry, Colin. Isn't it – but wouldn't it make sense if they're just having a placeholder for, for Paxton Lynch to go with Mark Sanchez to just at least not not totally – That's what I think. You know, just to, just to hold it down until he's ready. I, I if absolutely agree with you. I do think that that uh, w- would make more sense to me because – I will say this, of of the series that I saw from both Sanchez and Simeon in this preseason, when the ball really moved down the field was when Sanchez was on the field. Now, Sanchez just threw one garbage pass against the Bears and had two fumbles against the Niners. The, The interception against the Bears was bad. That was, you don't have the arm to fit it into that window, don't throw that pass. The The two fumbles, one of them completely wasn't his fault. The other one... He he should have secured it the football It was pretty butt-fumbly. It, 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 all, very it, butt it all happened at the wrong time it, and wrong sequence. It, it really did for him. And so, again, when you're butt-fumble guy and then you have a couple of – That's a good point. I think it was the second one was the chest pass fumble that looked like he was throwing like a bad, you know, fifth-grade basketball chest pass. When you have all that, you add it all together, everybody just looks at Mark Sanchez and says – well, this guy stinks. Yeah, we don't want these. We don't want these embarrassing moments in the, in, in the middle of games. Right. Where, where I, what I keep coming back to, and I realize it's water under the bridge. But Mark Sanchez was never supposed to be the plan. They had a succession plan in place, and they totally screwed it up. And it was supposed to be Osweiler the entire time. He was drafted the same year Peyton Manning was signed here, and the whole idea was. You're going to, as soon as Manning's gone, he's going to play. And people say, well, you can't pay him 18. No, you wouldn't have had to have paid him 18 million if you had extended his contract one or two years prior. And then people say, well, that's because the organization decided that he wasn't, you know, all he's cut. We'll that's, see. But that's I, what Bronco fans sound like. That's what they sound like. <laughs> You know what? It, it, it's <laughs> that was though. a plan. That was a plan. Now they have no plan. And, th- and that's a great point that you make because if you guys think about m- most every position on the field with that team, you can look at it and say, all right, I see what they were doing there. Yeah. Look at, look at the pass rush of they had Vaughn. They signed DeMarcus Ware. They draft Shane Ray. Shaq Barrett was a nice surprise. But, like, it, there's a plan of succession there of, okay, this is how we'll maintain Adding our pass people. rush. In the secondary, Roby was a first-round pick. Kayvon was a third-round pick. Doss was a fifth-round pick. So Harrison Tlaib, you pay them. But then you've got all this depth at that position. And you can really – you can explain that away on so many different positions on the field for the Broncos. With quarterback, that thing that Colin was just talking about is is so dead on because – that was the plan. And then they didn't get it done in time. Brock outpriced himself for Denver. And think of what the offseason was. It was, uh, well, I don't know, it's Kid Kaepernick, but he's got to take less money. And uh, Sam Bradford, but he's going to have to take less money. And I don't know what's Brian Hoyer up to right now. Is and it- now it's going to be Sanchez, Simeon, and you know what? We'll draft Paxton and how does how does how do, how, how do two guys in Gary Kubiak and John Elway, who were quarterbacks themselves, right. not value the position any more highly? I, I mean, they, it, I mean, they do. They used a first round pick on it. So, like, okay, the, the, and that and that's a great future. To your point, 
the the drafting of Paxton Lynch was supposed to be the correction to the the screw ups and moving on from Manning. And and that's what it's supposed to be. And so Lynch is supposed to work. I would sure feel a whole lot better if the guy that sat behind Peyton Manning for four friggin' years was taking the field next Thursday and not the flavor of the month. Yeah, but but you make a great point, and they could have they could have done this then. They, End of they 2014, he would have cost they, you eight nine million dollars yeah, a year okay, for three. But they, I don't even know of that much at maybe, that time. And and if that was the, if that was if that was the case, then yeah, that would have been well worth it. If they weren't convinced, obviously they probably weren't convinced enough, and they kind of waited and waited and waited. It's probably a screw up. But if they could have gotten for a bargain basement price, that would have been great. But they didn't, and they just went, no, no, we're not going to, we're going to move forward. With One this. other thing to take into account there is that the word for Manning always was, "I'm going to play my whole contract." That's really what it was from the start. And I don't know if the Broncos just bought into that too far or not. But I mean, it was clear after year three, okay, it's over. Like, the the end is here. That's when you needed to jump on it. Hmm. Yeah, and that was 2014, and yeah. that would have been the time. That would have been the time. And if you extend him, th- you, may, you get write him a three-year deal. His agent would have gone for it. And then you've got him for two seasons beyond Manning, and he has the opportunity to become the starting quarterback and the heir apparent yeah. in the fashion that Aaron Rodgers did for well, Brett know, They extended Chris Harris because they realized, hey, this is the guy. Mm-hmm. But they didn't extend Brock Osweiler because maybe they thought he's not the guy. True, but but wouldn't you take Osweiler right now the devil, over the current crop? It's the devil crop? you know. You'd mm. take Osweiler over the current crop. I don't know. I would, I, yeah, it, for, for, the, for the future of the organization, I don't know. I think no, I'd no, make you're, a No, you're right. But, but as far as somebody who knows the offense, who is, who is serviceable, he'll be fine in Houston. He's not going okay, to right? set the world on fire. Well, but Osweiler wasn't going to play for Trevor Simeon's salary. So but to Collins' point, though, hmm. Osweiler could have been that bridge while you then draft the next guy. Absolutely. Could have been. Um, That's a good heavy, hot take, heavy, Colin. Heavy, heavy oh, yeah. That's well yeah. done. Oh, I've never thought they should have let him leave. When he left, I was like, are you kidding me? Because I was so excited as a fan that we were going to have this guy brought up under the tutelage of the great Peyton Manning. Only because they could have gotten him for pennies. And that's yeah. the whole thing. If they could have gotten him but for could cheap. could they have gotten him for pennies? Yes. I also yes. liked him. I liked him because he was 6'8". I liked him because he could scramble. He's got a big arm. He looks and like the, the word Twilight bro- guy. The word Brock rhymes with rock, which makes all kinds does, of cool songs awesome. apply. You can play rock, rock till you drop. You can do but all kinds you, of cool you stuff. You recall after that San Diego game, I think everyone was like, oh, thank God they brought Peyton in. I mean, we yeah. lost the Brock fever. Yeah. Real quickly. quickly, though, in one thing not to overvalue, Colin, don't overvalue the tutelage of Peyton Manning. Because he didn't give him any. That there was no tutelage. <laughs> it, was, it was Brock was to learn by osmosis. But. And, and, now, and now the same thing is happening in New England. Uh, I just saw a headline today. Oh, Brady's bitter as where, can be. Where Brady said, I will not help this Garoppolo kid. Yeah. I don't know why you wouldn't do that. I don't understand. You're, you're already a Hall of Famer. You know you're going to be a Hall of Famer. You These won- guys are petty. They're yeah. thin-skinned. Yeah, it's kind of weird. But um, what I think what everybody wants to know is how many games does Simeon last until Lynch takes over, in your opinion? Uh, I got the number at seven and a half. Seven games. I'll, I'll, seven put, and the, games. Uh, I'll, put, the, I'll put the over-under at seven and a half before it's Paxton Lynch and time. And I'm, I'm going five. You're going – see – I was surprised, and I even asked Lynch about this the other night after the game because he said he didn't have a full grasp of the offense. 
So the inevitable follow-up, well, all right, then what is your grasp of the offense right now? And he said, well, I can't put a number on it. It's grown by leaps and bounds, whatever that is. But you got to remember that system that he came from, he never took a snap under center. It was so friggin' simple. Oh, wow. I mean, as of only a couple of months ago, based on what people have told me, Paxton Lynch couldn't call a play in the huddle. Which is, that that's nothing to be ashamed of. That's a really difficult thing to do in the NFL. It's just between system and everything else that gets thrown at you, I think it'll take a little bit of time. When you mentioned that, there was an interesting scene, sorry, John, yeah. in, in Hard Knocks. With Goff, last couldn't week, do it. Last week, yeah, Goff, and yeah. Goff's wife is cooking dinner, and they're bouncing. Well, that was Case Keenum's wife. They're okay. They're bouncing the plays. But that's back what and they forth. were doing. There was another scene with Goff in the huddle, and he couldn't read out. He couldn't say the entire play. What does? I've asked other people this. What does Paxton Lynch? What does he learn from here on out? Leaps and bounds by standing on the sideline. Now they don't want. They throw him in week one. Yeah. and he's going to crash and burn. Right. So what happens if he sits for five games? Is he is he going to learn by just watching and how the game unfolds against a real team? He goes that- to he goes to practice every single day. He gets to witness uh, what those regular season game plans look like, what those weekly routines look like, everything you have to do. Because he's going to, we assume he'll be the number two. So he has to prepare as though he's going to start go the game. So let let's give him a few weeks of of doing that and making make sure. And I'm sure Gary Kubiak will have conversations with him on Fridays and Saturdays to know what the heck do you actually know right now. And, and, but watching the game and watching Trevor Simeon throw mm-hmm. a pick six, is, is sitting there watching it, is that something, then going to watch the film later, is that something that makes a young quarterback go, okay, I see that, now I understand. You hope so. You hope so, but that's kind of how they learn, right? Yeah, yeah. No, the, and, and he threw, Simeon threw a pick against the Niners, too. And that one was it was bad. It was ugly. Yeah that that one was that one was really bad. And actually, no, 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 I'm confusing him because he didn't throw a pick Simeon, against the Rams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simeon did not throw a pick Almost. against the Rams. He had another one. It was Christian Bryant. He put it right in his numbers. Yeah. And that was another awful throw. It would have went back. That he, he caught it. that he should have known not to make. Yes. So yeah, Trevor Simeon, I, oh. Right. See all these all these growing pains. I don't get it. I, and, and and I know your program director doesn't get it either. Um, he's been very vocal about that on Twitter. But all all these growing pains, we could have been going through these with the guy who spent four years behind Peyton Manning. Well, all is well that ends well, and I do. You know what, like though, Trevor. Colin? If you keep banging that drum, you're going to end up sounding like the guy that won't get over the Nuggets firing George Carl. He is that guy. I am that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I, I, I found the He's week. He's adding this to his resume. Here we go. The most likely week it's going to happen is week after week six. Is this in Vegas? Uh, no, 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 no. This is uh, just logic here. They have a Thursday night game after uh, in San Diego week six, and they follow that up with a Monday night game. So it's, like, it's almost like a bye week, if you will. So that Monday night game is week seven? Week seven. Who do they play? Houston, which is uh, uh, Kubiak's old team. Do you guys remember, and this is, I mean, what you're saying right there is the exact same thing. Jake Plummer played uh, the Thursday night. It was Schefter had reported that Cutler was going to take over the starting job. That was uh, Thanksgiving, I thought. I Wasn't think it on Thanksgiving? Monday, yeah. Jake played Thanksgiving. It was against Kansas City, yeah, yeah. right? Yep. 
And then Cutler started the following week, I believe, against Seattle, but I could be wrong. Their on that. bye week is week eleven. That's pretty deep to go pack. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I thought it was earlier. But, so that, but between that is, Thursday and Monday, it's essentially like a, another bye week, if you will. Sure. And that that's got to so be. We're the time looking that's through happen. that weeks, week six, week seven, around that right. range. So yeah. Nate, Nate, have you spent enough time around Dove? We call it Dove. We, call we just it call it Dove. Dove. Um, have you spent enough time around Dove to uh, to have a sense? What is Paxton Lynch? like i mean I, I is is he as exciting a player as we hope he's that exciting a player he is as a guy uh he just kind of he, he seems i gotta be honest he seems a little dim uh <laughs> he does but he just he is what you can tell when you look at him he is your standard football robot quarterback guy he's probably been going to passing camps since he was eight years old I'm sure his dad you know shoved him through all of this and he's the perfect pre-programmed quarterback and he's ready to take over the job as a dude on the field I think he's I think he's fun he looks good he's impressive he's you can tell right now he's not comfortable in the pocket you see it both in practice and in the preseason games if his first read isn't there his instinct is to tuck and run which in in the NFL you know, in, in Memphis, that was fine. In the NFL, that'll get you killed. As long as you make sure you can get that angle out of bounds, you're going to be okay. But as long as the the football smarts IQ part of it catches up, I think he's going to be – I think he has a chance to be really good. Well, that's I'm excited about it. I, I am too, and that's generally kind of what, what people, I think, have – kind of relayed that that if he can get it together and hopefully soon is he a better player than Brock Osweiler I guess only time will tell yes right now he's not no right now he's not but I I just it looks like physically he looks like he could be better hopefully in the near future Brock looks like he could crush your skull with one hand well Brock's a huge dude Brock's Brock's bigger than you are he never struck me as that kind of guy like crushing skulls? He's kind of a he's big, tall, pretty boy kind of guy. Yeah, I don't see looks, him as a skull crusher. Looks like our, our, our Pats. Looks like Robert Pattinson. Handsome. Our real, Pats. Real handsome. So, um, Can you I, guys find a Facebook post about our Pats next week? Oh, yeah. A little bit. Well, our Pats isn't in the news other than I think he uh, the fame from Twilight drove him to drink. That's yeah, the last thing. Find item. a very, very earnest Twilight post and then get that. Oh, yeah. That sounds, that sounds like good stuff. I'm stuff. mostly interested in Tebow posts. Oh yeah, Tebow posts. God, I'm so excited, man. He worked out for MLB teams today. I I, I hope I hope oh, Rocky's picking. Oh um, God, wouldn't wouldn't that be if great? If I Nate? could go see Tebow at Coors Field, that would be. I mean, Lord, take me now. That would be that good. Real that quick, good. real quick. Now he's he didn't like blow everyone's doors off and go. Oh God, he's he's ready. To, he's ready to play in the show. No, the scouts all said he looked really bad. Yeah, he looked really bad. So so he'd have to go to a minor league team. Yeah. And, and and go through that system. So all right, guys. He's, so he, he's years away. So here's what's happening: is um, Tim Tebow is represented by CAA Creative Artists Agency. He signed a deal with Adidas today. Not surprisingly, um, <laughs> if you noticed. The first two reporters that reported news of Tebow's baseball tryout were Adam Schefter and Darren Ravel, both CAA clients. Uh, this very, they're very clearly this was the dots. A, a favor to the boss here. It's you have to assume there is a reality show that is in the mix, and ah. you know some minor league franchise is going to land Tebow. It'll be good for the gate. Uh, they again. This is this will become a reality show. Please be Albuquerque television. Please, please, please be Albuquerque. Be Albuquerque. Any Rockies affiliate, please. You, do, you don't want it. 
No, no, no. You don't want it at triple or double A. Because we actually want them to develop, be, be good at baseball. Yeah. yeah, we don't we don't want anybody giving up at bats for Tim Tebow at those levels. But below that, I'd be fine. Yeah, it's it's awesome. There's there's there a, a quadruple there's, A's. <laughs> there's <laughs> always something, right? There's, yeah, the Rockies have a few of those players. There's never there's never anything straightforward. There's always something behind the scenes, isn't there? There's always something to with it. Tebow. There certainly yeah, is. Always. It's I mean, you got to Tim and Tim Tebow might be a nice guy. Sure. He might. I think he is. He's always polite. He's always sweet to people. I've never seen him a, a crack in the veneer. And and I was around him, and I never saw him be rude to anybody. But Tim Tebow is also a very valuable money printing commodity, and his greatest God loving college football player ever brand is still strong. And so his brother can still figure out a way to market him and make money off of him. And the Tebow machine just keeps on going on. That thing's got mouths to feed. It's not going to stop. He he refuses to play anything other than quarterback, but he could probably play tight end on any team because he's, he's big oh, and he could play linebacker. He could play linebacker. Yeah. And he could play any other position. He should have been fine. But he refused to do it. The, if the if the Ravens called him up and said you can be our you can be our our tight end you can be our fullback whatever yeah. he'd have a job in the NFL he would and, and at any moment he could have a job in the NFL if he decided to not play quarterback there's anymore. a lot of brain damage from playing those positions though true there's a lot of CTE that comes along and he doesn't need that doesn't need that at no all. I mean that, think think of the Tebow brand I mean he's got years and years and years and years of uh, promotional uh, appearances and motivational speeches and church sermons that he's got to give. No, like that that guy will be a, a, a money-making machine for a long time. So filibusters, a lot of filibusters in his future. But if the Rockies, and they, they would never do happen. this because they couldn't. The Rockies are not going anywhere. But if they brought Tebow up for a weekend series at Coors Field <laughs> to go play first base, wouldn't no. you go and no. watch it? No, I want, yes, I want Cerullo to get it back. <laughs> no, I want, I want to watch Tebow play first base. And oh, me cuts. too. Me too. And cuts. have a revival at the same time? Think of the bobblehead potential. You know oh, what? And see, this is we'll, we will wrap up this podcast and bring it back to where it all started. I am so proud to be a Chicago Cubs. <laughs> Because they didn't send they didn't anybody send to that crap yeah, they today. They would not. They would not. There do were like that. four teams that didn't send anybody. It's a. It's a, it's a, it's a good point. So hey, let's get out of here. It's good stuff. Um, we we I think we we got enough Broncos talking. Enough Tebow too to uh, to to cover us for for the time being. So um, Nate, everybody can hear you on a uh, daily on the radio. Is it th- is it three to seven? Four to seven. Four to seven. Four Sorry. to seven. Vic Lombardi uh, goes till four with Kyle Keefe. And uh, and then we are four to seven, four to seven a.m. nine fifty a.m. nine fifty. Tell your friends it's uh, Irvin Joe aren't there anymore. It's us now. <laughs> no, it's 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 really good stuff, and uh, I, that's why I like it because you guys cover everything, and you don't just stay. And, and God knows I love my Broncos. I love my Broncos, but I like to hear about the other teams, and I know you do too, Colin. I do, and it's a it's a really fun station, and uh, I really enjoy it. One of my favorite things about the station was that at launch. They had two prominent women in sports media yeah, on the true. station, and, and th- that's such a breath of fresh air because I've been bitching for years about the lack of female voices. So to have Lor- to have Lauren and Julie there was awesome. But aside from the weird break for the for the national show in the morning, r- huge fan. I don't get that part. But I'll work on that for you. <laughs> okay. I'll see what I can do. We'll work on that for you. So Nate, as always, thanks for coming in. We appreciate it. Four timer club. Next time's five. 
Maybe, maybe. Wow. Who's the all-time leader? Is it Reno? Oh, it's got to be. It's got to be Reno because Reno's been in like. I mean, he's he's been in like for like you know. Sometimes he sleeps here. Yeah, he's, he sleeps <laughs> in the back. It twenty. I mean, he might come in for 20, 30 minutes too. But uh, Reno's got to be the all-time leader. I guess Adam Kinney said he was a five-timer. Yeah, he, five he was timer? this last time. Yeah, he was a five-timer. So I thought maybe you would be too. Cecil's got to be a five-timer, I think. Maybe a four. I don't know. It was a famed SNL sketch, the Five Timers yes, Club. It That's was. right. Like Alec Baldwin, Five Timers. Elliot Gould. Uh, Steve Martin. Buck, yeah. Buck Henry. I believe Buck Henry is his name. Nice. Yeah. He played, uh, he played uh, uh, what's her name's uh, father on, on 30 Rock. So, Buck Henry, I believe he was, uh, Belushi was doing the samurai sketch, he and he him. sliced Buck Henry. He yeah. sliced him. Yeah, he sliced him with his sword. So, very good. Good pull there. Thanks, Nate. Appreciate you coming in, as always. Thanks, guys. Good times. Until uh, next time, it's been the South Stands Denver Fancast. Adios. We love you, Denver! <laughs> Man, you're so bombay.